Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. And we welcome in to the locker room, Matt Stinchcomb, who joins us every Thursday here in the locker room on the fan, 680-93-7 FM. Stinch, always good to talk to you. You got yourself an SEC matchup this week, Vandy and Florida. Interesting situation there as Florida still trying to find their identity and uh, trying to figure out where they're going to end up in the SEC East. Overall, how do you think uh, Billy Napier has come in now that he's been there, you know, a year and some change now, trying to change the culture and try to fix a lot of the recruiting and execution problems we've been seeing from the Gators? Yeah, there was definitely a hole to crawl out of, that's for sure, because they did not recruit well um, under Dan Mullen. And, so there wasn't a ton to work with, although folks will say, well, golly, you got Anthony Richardson sitting right there. And boy, was he utilized correctly. You know, that's a, a legitimate question, especially given uh, some of his performances already at the next level that would not have been projected based on his collegiate performances. You're sitting there going, man, this guys he, he was a talent that maybe was buried uh, in that Florida program. Not right now, the concern more than anything else is that – beyond the identity piece of it is are you utilizing what you actually have and uh, you know steve spurrier even came out and was talking about hey we gotta try to stretch the field vertically in the passing game i mean graham mertz second only to bo Nix in completion percentage the guy's been unconscious as far as delivering the football and on the, the issue is that what are you getting out of it and the answer is just not a whole lot i mean the, the big game that they won versus tennessee they ran the football all over the balls balls didn't tackle well and then, you know, Florida turns around and, and returns the favor, uh, gifts Kentucky with an afternoon of, hey, just run right through us. I mean, even when we've got unblocked defenders, uh, we're just going to elect to not tackle on this one. And it was over and over and over again. So they've, they've got issues in a variety of places. You know, Utah, those procedural issues, special teams continues to uh, be an issue for the Gators. I mean, they, they had another special teams penalty uh, for leaping this past Saturday, and you just think, I don't know how this stuff keeps happening. They have an analyst assigned to special teams, but he's not an on-the-field coach. You know, maybe you have to reconfigure your coaching staff and, and who's focusing on what so that you have greater success on Saturdays. I mean, Bandy beat Florida last year, mm. and Florida's invited him down for homecoming. So it's that's already a slap in the face. Stinch, Kentucky obviously coming to Athens this week to take on the Dogs. I think that Kentucky is more like the team they were the first four weeks than the team they were last week. How do they score against Georgia if they can't run the ball, or is it impossible to do so? No, they can. It's possible. I mean, this the offense, especially in the passing element, where you're going, when's this thing going to start clicking? And, and maybe it never will, but you look at Devin Leary historically, and the guy was not only an incredibly accurate passer, but, but a prolific one. And, and Mark Stoops will point out, and did when we had them uh, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, is he's like, hey, you know, this is a different league. SEC's just different. You know, you can you can carve up the ACC, come over here, and, you know, I think that's owing to a lot of it. He's talking about his own quarterback right there. He's like, the guy's got to adjust a little bit. The other piece of it, too, was 
that uh, they weren't super pleased with the receivers, the details in their route running where they're saying, Leary's throwing the ball to a spot. He's expecting it to, you know, if it's supposed to be at X yards and then you break, then I expect you to break at X yards. You can't just kind of be like, nah, you know, ballpark it. <laughs> and so it's it's been a uh, it's been kind of a that part of it where they just haven't connected. They got talent. Dane Key's good. Barry and Brown's good. One of the best return men in the conference. They just got to connect better. And you know, Leary, he threw a, a sure pick six last week versus Florida. DB just dropped it. Um, so and it was a bad ball. I mean, everything about it where you're like almost like his eyes were closed. So that part. You're, maybe it never happens, but the pieces are there. It just it just hasn't gotten going, and, and you may be right. The run game, you know, last week is the anomaly for Kentucky. Now, historically it isn't. Historically, Kentucky's a, a hard-nosed, downhill, gap scheme uh, run team, and that's what exactly what they did to the Gators. I mean, they ran counter every way that you can run counter, and they, you know, on one series they ran it the same direction same concepts over and over and over again. Florida just couldn't fit the counter right, and they gashed them. But you don't expect that to be the case again this week uh, versus Georgia. A lot of young players on that Florida defense, too. Not necessarily the case uh, for the dogs, especially in their in their front seven when their guys are healthy. Matt Stinchcomb joining us here in the locker room. He joins us every Thursday here on the fan, 680-93.7 FM. I'm glad you brought that up, Stinch, because just overall with your experience and seeing a lot of college football, and especially 2023, what are you seeing more as far as philosophy and scheme offensively, gap scheme, zone scheme, power scheme? What are offensive coordinators trying to do in, this day, in these days of football right now? Well, you know, for a long time, Joe's like that. Everybody just wanted to zone everything off because you could go faster. You know, right. you don't have to have identification as much usually. It's just, hey, everybody step to the right, hit what you see, or maybe just hit what shows up, whatever. <laughs> and now it's, you know, to, to to run a gap scheme, it's, hey, you know, we're, we're deucing to 54 or something. There has to be more identification, even if it doesn't require a ton of communication. Guys have been playing together for a while. You still have to, you know, stop long enough to be like, all right, it's me and you to who? It's it's man oriented. It's us on this guy to that guy. Doesn't matter, you know, necessarily where they run or move. And the zone, it's all just everybody step with the right foot. And I think that the way that offenses has have changed uh, is that they aren't, you know, tempo isn't the huge advantage. I think that it was. Teams have it. They're not nearly as frantic with it. There's still some teams that go fast. You know, the Tennessees that still want to go fast. But it's not as prevalent. You don't look everywhere. I mean, watch the, the Georgia-Auburn game last week, and Hugh Freeze was one of those you know NASCAR-type offenses when he was at Ole Miss. I didn't see that on Saturday. I mean, it, and maybe that's just the acclimation of the game in general. You know, nobody's plotting where you, you huddle, talk about it for a while, break the huddle, 20 seconds on the <laughs> clock, walk up, shift, shift, shift. Mm-hmm. You know, some teams are doing that, but that's now the curveball. So I do think that, you know, some of that, as you know it's it's coming full circle to where you know the tempo isn't what it used to be because for a while there it was everything's just you know tight zone wide zone and there's some teams that think that that's good you know look kentucky's a tight zone wide zone or they thought they were liam cohen that's his thing um but man they're a great gap scheme run run team right now and um because of that you know why not lean into it ray davis seems to like it a lot not that he can't run in the zone concepts but i do think that it's making a quote-unquote comeback 
because teams can be a little bit more deliberate because the pacing isn't as hectic. Totally agree with you, Stan. Undefeated dogs, undefeated cats in Athens this Saturday. Uh, what do you see? Dogs have had five games, two close ones, um, and they survived. As one slide of the side of the argument would say, others would say they performed in the two close games that they played. How do you see this shaking out? Kentucky likes to be physical, but offensively, they still are running into a team that has put up, you know, a whole bunch of points, 49, 45, 48, like the dogs keep doing. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, it depends on how it plays out because if you've got a Kentucky team that is marching and it's, you know, you're getting on a series, it's, you know, three yards and then four yards and then another five yards, right? First down, clock rolls. So a lot's been made this year of the possessions and the number of possessions, especially in the early quarters. It's not an irrelevant observation. It does make sense. You play four quarters of football. So if I score 40 and I score 40 in the first half, it is different in the second half. It does impact how the other team plays. It does take them out of their uh, game plan, assuming that they haven't been able to keep up, right? And maybe it's LSU Ole Miss where it doesn't matter and everybody's scoring all the time. But if they aren't and there's that margin, then it does have an impact versus me scoring – the bulk of my points, you know, in the middle quarters, which is where Georgia typically has been doing it, second, third quarter. A lot's been made about the third quarter. Kirby talked about it this week where he was saying, you know, look, there's a year we had here. It was a year we won the national championship. We weren't very good in the third quarter. We were great starting, and then we were sluggish coming out of the gates, you know, at halftime. And so it's the inverse of that. The concern you have is that it allows the other team um, – to stay in their offense as they've intended. You know, they can stick in their playbook, and you're not forcing them to maybe take some risks that otherwise they otherwise wouldn't. Now, you know, a lot of that's psychology, right? I mean, that other team might not need to do it, but you get that sense of, man, this game's getting away from us. You know, now we're going to have to start abandoning the run. We have to be less conservative, put the ball at risk. So I do think it impacts takeaways. It impacts the way the other team plays and potentially impacts their mentality towards their play calling, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Otherwise, you score when you score. If you make this Kentucky team put the ball in the air, they haven't shown that they can hurt you. And they've only done it once, really, on the ground, and that was versus a Florida team that tackled as poorly as, as any team we've seen all season. Would you rather be a dog or a cat? Always a dog. Always a dog. Uh, although I say that, you know, and it depends, you know, like where am I, right? Are yeah. you are, are you in a – a precarious situation? Are, are you potentially going to fall? In, the, in which case, I'd want to be a cat. I think it, Snit, I, or Snit, I just called you Snit. Snitch, I think it could be even boiled down even more simpler. I think it could come down to do you like licking butts or you like licking yourself? I'd rather lick myself, so I'd probably go to be a cat. I'm sorry, y'all were breaking up. You don't, I you, I, the last please time. don't answer that. You don't. The witness is not <laughs> required to answer that question. We'll wrap up with Stitch Comb, who joins us here in the locker room hey. on the fan 680 FM. Hey, Stitch. Hey, Stitch. Oh Stitch, if you think so, oh just let me know um, uh, the power. The power to be in college football. Has it transitioned from the SEC being the big bad wolves? And the big bad guys on the block, all you know, you know, the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. I mean, uh, the Pac Twelve, all the Big Ten has closed the gap, or have they taken over this year? Not in general, but this in this year. Ah, yeah, I would say this: that the gap isn't as wide as it used to be. Maybe, and maybe it is gone. Uh huh. 
but you know, like the so the, maybe like an Oregon, Washington, USC. I know that they have those are kind of their contenders. Um, and, and Big Twelve, the best teams in the Big Twelve, they're coming to the SEC. Well, and this Saturday, um, it's Texas OU, right? The the Red River River. God, dog on it. I, I, I should never even try it. Whatever they, they call that game out there. Red River shootout. Uh, too many R's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shootout, which now they call the rivalry. So you got to cram in two more R's. But the the that game, so we'll find out, but they're coming over. I, I do think this, though, that college football in general is the teams are more proximate to one, uh, one another than they've ever been before. There's not these kind of runaway teams where you're like, you're not catching these guys. They gotta, you got to get them on a bad day, and you got to just play out of your mind to be able to keep up with them. Uh, who's that team this year? I haven't seen one. I mean, we've Michigan's played a horrible schedule. You know, Georgia's played a weak schedule. Um, you know, who's played in a prove it game and then proven it to us? I haven't seen that yet. Not versus, not from the teams that we think are really good, right? So, uh, I think that there's a chance that there's more conferences that are more relevant than they ever have been before. And I think that's that's really good for for college football because it was getting you know it was getting kind of SEC centric there for a while. Good stuff, Stinch. We'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Got a good slate of football games to get into this weekend. Uh, have a good call with the uh, Florida and Vandy game. We look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Matt Stinchcomb, he joins us every single Thursday here in the locker room on the fan, 680-93.7 FM. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company, visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win a lifetime of hard work children laughing in the kitchen family photos on a restaurant wall a legacy that lives on it all comes from the power of a conversation like the one tommy hall had with first horizon bank about taking over his father's charleston-based restaurant business now the table is set for a whole new generation first horizon bank let's find a way Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.